0: Hello loves. Today's episode of Hair Educators Lab is my dear friend Katie Nielsen. Can't wait for you to hear this interview with her. Had so much fun recording it. We do Beauty Underground together and that's how we we met before then, but that's how we know each other now. And I forgot to ask her at the end of the episode where she likes to hang out. So I if there's a link below to my website sharinahanson.com and I will list in the show notes over there all of her social media stuff so you can follow her. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello loves. I'm Sharina Hansen and I'm one of you. I'm a hairdresser, an educator, salon owner, oh, and also a single mom to three awesome kiddos. I've spent most of my adult life training and educating. Each week, I will bring you practical advice and information to help you on your journey as an educator because I know it takes more than just talent to stand out in the crowded world of hair education. This is the Hair Educators Lab podcast. welcome katie nelson to the hair educators lab so i have known you probably what six years ish i think we met on a photo shoot for scruples blonde toners a toner thing and i was doing makeup and you were doing hair with charlie and that's how we met and we have known each other since then and just been tearing it up together really and we co-created beauty underground with charlie done a lot of fashion week travel I don't know so for those who don't know you can you give us a little little quick and dirty
1: of who you are in this industry okay Sharina yeah so according to Facebook we've known each other for about six years (laughs) (laughs) um yeah tearing up the world together so quick and dirty of who I am I am a uh Detroit native, transplanted in San Diego, where I've been um, doing hair, owning a salon, renting space in a salon, and I am now currently the artistic director for Scruples Hair Care and co-founder of Beauty Underground with you, and Mr. Charlie Price. I guess that would be my title or moniker.
0: <laughs>
1: if you will. All right.
0: So we'll, we'll get back to your fancy scruples job in just a second. But first, sure. tell us how you ended up going to cosmetology school. Was that like did you always know you wanted to be a hairdresser?
1: I never knew that being a hairdresser was a job. I had no <laughs> inclinations on doing hair whatsoever. My mother um never took us to the hairdresser. She cut our hair uh, in the kitchen. My mother is, of course, not a hairdresser either, so you can imagine how fantastic that haircut was. Um, I got a job in a salon at the age of 17 as a receptionist, uh. and yeah, I was putting myself through college. I was a music major, a vocal performance major, and, um, was working full-time in a salon going to school full-time and the owners of the salon took me to the I think it was called like a Maylee's event and Maylee's for those of you who have not been doing hair 100 years like I have was originally salon-centric so it was John yeah John Maylee had this um had a bunch of stores selling everything that's in the salon centric. So he put on this event in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a huge um, show featuring Redkin and Paul Mitchell and Tressa. And then he also invited uh, like business trainers. And I went to a class by the famous Eve Crang, who was one of the very first salon coordinator slash receptionist trainers. And when I was in uh, college as a vocal performance major, basically I wanted to be like, at the time, Madonna. You know, I wanted the hands-free mic and controlling an audience and the stage and the whole thing. And um That was my goal, but that is a dying, that's not really going to happen, right? I mean, how often does that, how often does Madonna happen? Well, very, very few. Is it Madonna from Michigan? She is. Madonna grew up maybe 15 miles from where I grew up. So let me just tell you, if she had not moved to England, her accent would sound just like this. (laughs) Well, I guess maybe lightning doesn't strike
0: twice in that part of Michigan.
1: (laughs) I mean, how could it, really? Rochester, to royal oak within like, you know, 15 years. It's probably not going to (laughs) happen. So um, that's when I decided I wanted to do hair because I'm sitting here at this opening ceremony in this huge convention center and these half-naked men that were models strut out with this, you know, loud music and lighting, and I, there might have been pyrotechnics. And I'm sure Robert Cromean's was still doing hair with a fork and a razor. <laughs> it was the same thing that he's doing now. But um, that's what my, that's what inspired me to do hair. You know, was seeing all this mayhem, if you will. So you got Seth you got in. was there, Chris Sorby was there, all these people. I got I got roped in. So I came back from that um, uh, from that show and told my mom I'm dropping out of music school and told the owners of the salon I'm enrolling at David Presley School of Cosmetology. They were thrilled. My mother, on the other hand, is still trying to recover from the disappointment. Um, but <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? You can't please your mom all the time. No. It's you a hard lesson you ladies
0: learn. Yes. They they can be a, yeah. a tough crowd. They can be a tough crowd.
1: You have to follow your bliss, though,
0: right? 100%. Well, it's funny. Like yeah. my So my mom also did my hair in the kitchen, and I had very bad perms and maybe some oh. questionable cuts. However, yeah. my mother did go to cosmetology school. <laughs> so there's, I'm not sure no that it really that. matters. Uh, yeah, okay,
1: well, maybe my mom had an innate gift that she never knew.
0: The kitchen beautician is the kitchen beautician, I suppose. I mean,
1: let's be real.
0: So I'm assuming then right out of school, did you stay working at that salon and did you like assist or did you get to go right on the floor? How did that look?
1: Yeah, I absolutely stayed at that salon. They were my very first mentors and I'm in touch with them still to this day. In fact, the gal that owned the salon, she and I would every couple of years get together from across the country and meet up at some sort of hair education events for a weekend Um, I started off working there as like a dry assistant if you will basically cutting foils and folding towels while being a receptionist and gleaned as much as I could from them just by watching and then they hired me as an assistant and then eventually onto the floor because as you know you don't really learn how to do hair coming out of cosmetology school
0: No. And those that think that they're brilliant in school have a lot to learn. I think when they get in the salon, um, it just, it takes time. It can be a slap in the face.
1: It takes time.
0: It it definitely takes time. It does. And it is. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a hard lesson for that I've found anyway, uh, training assistants and younger stylists is that, you know, they might've been the most talented in school, but you don't have 16 years or 20 years or 25 years under your belt. And like just a lot of things comes from running into it and running in, you know, and fixing it, honestly. Yeah, I think there's some
1: truth to the uh, super annoyingly uh, adage of fake it till you make it, because that can work to some degree. However, one of the things you don't learn in cosmetology school is how to talk to clients. How to relate, how to be approachable, how to, because you could still do a great one length haircut, but if they don't feel a connection to you and you haven't really perfected how to communicate to people, it doesn't really matter, does it? No, a hundred percent, because we are
0: selling the experience. Those of us who've been doing this a long time, we know you're selling the experience because how many people have we seen that we know are not? that i was going to say not that talented but i'll be nice and say maybe not that technical and they have a huge following or they have a huge you know clientele they're making tons of money because they're providing the experience that people want to be a
1: part of 100 percent. yeah that's and that's what i teach um often in salons because um and not even that they might not even be that technical i mean if you take a look at the area that i do hair in there is literally three other hair salons in the strip mall I'm in.
0: Oh, so yeah.
1: what I, yeah, what I say to them is, you know, you could give the greatest haircut on the planet. And so can Susan in the salon, two doors down, but they're choosing you because of the experience you're providing for them. And that I think the connection that you guys have, not yes. the actual technical haircut.
0: So speaking of that connection and stuff, um, So when you look at like transferring that to becoming an educator, um, what do you think that looks like? Like, I think it's, I think I personally think it's equally as important, right? Instead of connecting with clients, you've got to connect with your crowd. You've got to connect with your audience. You've got to connect with your students. And I think a lot of times that is lacking in in classes that I've been into anyway.
1: Uh, I would 100% agree with that. You know, as I was thinking about this call we were going to be making, I was relating everything to how I teach other hairdressers in the salon and everything I was thinking about could absolutely relate to people that want to be, that do education or want to be educators. You have to make a connection with people.
0: So how did you become an, an educator? Did you start training in the salon? Were you recruited by a brand? Like how did you get into this space?
1: Um, well, I always knew that it was my destiny. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, kind of. Because, uh, you know. You wanted I, to I wanted to that, wear anyway. that wireless mic, right? And dance around to on stage? I the wireless mic. I don't care how it's going to happen, it! I am wearing that wireless mic, which, for those of you who have never worn one, they hurt. <laughs> they hurt the back of your head. <laughs> they're not that, gotta, they're not that awesome. They're, they're not. Okay. Um... However, uh, so here's, I became an educator kind of by fluke. Um, This mentor that I was speaking of, she and I, Jennifer Malinowski, she and I went to an event um, 17 years ago called the International Hair Color Exchange. And that event was put on by Hair Color USA, which I believe, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but was started by Leland Hirsch who created Artec, and who now is the creator of um, celeb luxury colored, that colored shampoo and conditioner. So he put on this event 100 years ago called the International Hair Color Exchange, and it was an event for people that wanted to learn more about hair color, but not brand driven. They had brand sponsors, but not, it wasn't put on by a specific brand. And one of the cool things that they did was they opened up the floor to regular hairdressers to come on, have booth space, and show a technique. And each year, they would invite hairdressers to do that the following year by flipping them your business card, and they would, said they said it was random. However, the director at the time, she and I had a lovely conversation, and I think um, she likes the idea that, that I was coming from San Diego. She, put, she is putting these other hairdressers, matching them randomly with a brand. So what you do is you work with this brand using your technique at this event. Okay. And the brand that they matched me up with was scruples.. Oh, Does that okay. make sense? Does yeah. That, I know. It's kind of, it's it's kind like of a blind a date, line sort of. trail. It was a blind day. And so, you know, I said to the education director at the time, Trent Day, I said, this is my technique. What should I use with your products to do that? And so he kind of steered me in the direction. And then I have a lot lot of past experience being on stage. I was also very involved in the theater and giving performances often. So I feel very comfortable on stage. And I think he sensed that and recognized that while I was giving my presentation at this forum and just asked if I wanted to join their education team. And that's how that happened. Fantastic.
0: That sounds like a mm-hmm. cool event. I wish that was still happening.
1: I know. They don't do it anymore. I mean, Behind the Chair does something similar to it, um, but not exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. So
0: now back to your artistic director. Is that right? Did I say, give you the right title?
1: Sure. I mean, at this point, (laughs) I can kind of make up my own title. Okay, so we're
0: calling you the artistic director. How did that come come about? Were you just like plucked out of a hair show booth? Like, how how what did that journey look like? Like, how many years? Like, how many, like, you know, regional classes and workshops? Or were you just like, from this hair show, you then became the artistic director?
1: Yeah, no, that's not how things happen. But it would be lovely. You know, 17 years would have gone by much faster. So, you know, I started working with Scruples 17 years ago, and I literally would volunteer and donate my time for free. Like my very first show, I drove seven hours in a traffic jam to make it to the show to work for free for a weekend. Right? Yep. Um. So I did a lot of volunteer stuff. I did a lot of back room stuff. Uh, it took 17 years, and I just continually um, made my face seen, made myself available, offered up myself. I pretty much said yes to everything, and uh, eventually, it's um, the doors opened. So for the past. Four years I've been the um, co-creator of all the collections Scruples has put out along with directing the team. Um, I'm, I'm currently um, building uh, the education portion of a new color line Scruples is putting out and um, really excited about that but I mean it was a long time consuming journey so just to go back but, a, a little bit um, sure
0: so from the basically from like volunteering your time just showing up at hair shows, getting your face like seen and like you know doing all of that from how long do you think you did that until you got to where you were presenting on stage at hair shows you were working the booth at hair shows you were getting paid to do something it's
1: mm, a good question. It was probably, let me see, I judge, I get dates by how old my daughter is. So she's currently 11. So I spoke like a true mom. <laughs> so if we were to take that backwards, um, I would say probably not too long, maybe four or five years into it was I starting to uh, work the platform on my own and do major industry trade show events okay. um yeah and
0: did yeah you do, like, and, and again
1: before that of course i mean i did tiny little teensy tiny in salon hair color classes that were two hours long that i would drive three hours to get to and make 75 bucks
0: yep
1: you know i i was doing that for a very long time but i i enjoy teaching. I sometimes enjoy doing classes in salons more than I enjoy working the pit at a enormous trade show. I think uh, the feedback you instantly get doing a in salon class is a lot more rewarding than um, standing in the pit on the stage, watching some lady eating nachos while you're creating one of the most spectacular updos of your career and. You
0: know, she's got a cocktail in one hand and nachos in the other.
1: Yeah. And the napkin on her lap as she's licking her fingers. I mean, saying impress me, Katie, show me what you got. Like for anybody who has not experienced
0: one of the major hair shows, it is definitely an interesting experience uh, to say the least.
1: I mean, I love it. Let's not.
0: Yeah, it's, fun. Any it's just, of that. but man, there is all, it takes all kinds of hairdressers and it is, it is all kinds at those hair shows. And, all kinds. And they are. And they yeah. will make it to your booth at one point or another. And sometimes they're going to have a cocktail and nachos.
1: <laughs> you know, I get and Sometimes hungry. it's hot pink carpet.
0: You know, that was
1: one. Sometimes you have to wear a hot pink t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> katie and i've seen which some let, fun things
0: together at uh some hair shows. Which let
1: me just say with this copper orange hair hot pink t-shirt really isn't my thing
0: no my hair is currently <laughs> pink and i can't wear red or orange it's, a very, <laughs> it's it clashes it's not so not so yeah. awesome so yeah. you do all the training right you do the training for tomorrow is that what you, you guys call it at scruples
1: um, training for tomorrow is an event Scruples puts on for their customers, oh, for, the for the hairdressers customers. that use, yeah, for the hairdressers that use their color systems, and it's an in-depth weekend going. It's like major product knowledge, but we also do model presentations and hands-on trainings. It's a really great event for Scruples users and customers. Uh, educator training is something we do twice a year next to training for tomorrow, and yes, I'm. Um, I'm the one that trains all
0: their trainers. Cool. So if you could wave a magic wand, this is for all of our listeners out there, and have everyone, like, show up to this educator training with, like, a similar skill set. Like, what is the the things that you wish that everybody came with or that maybe you, you know, the glaring holes that you see that people are missing so that they could acquire these skill sets before they show up to you know, start educating.
1: I I would say you know the the top two aren't necessarily a skill. Um, I would say what's most important is having humility, uh, being aware of the fact that you don't know everything, and there's no way anybody can know everything. I see a lot of. Uh, Potential educators come in thinking that they know it all and have it all, and that they uh, are going to be, you know, the next best thing. And that can often be very off-putting. Yes, and 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 uh, difficult to train. Yes. you know, because each company has their own um, culture, if you will. Yep, and um, you know, if you come in with your own pride and attitude it's often hard to um, absorb and welcome someone else's culture I suppose. So uh, humility I would think is, is um, first and foremost. I think another thing that's really important is to have an interest in fashion and innovation and to constantly um, wanting to push the envelope because Even if you're doing a class, say you're from Paducah, Kentucky, and you're doing a class in Paducah, Kentucky, these Kentuckians still want to see something new and interesting. So it's important that you're always um, being curious about what's out there and have something of interest to offer them aside from teaching them how to work with hair color or this new hairspray right? Yeah. Um, everybody wants to be I cutting think, edge. Right. And I or think if you have an interest in fashion, you also will look fashionable. Yes. I'm saying that in the most PC way I can.
0: Well, yeah. you know um, The way you present yourself is how you are received. And if you present yourself as a hot sloppy mess, that's how people are going to yeah. perceive you a hundred percent. It's the whole, it's the whole thing. Yeah the whole
1: thing. and not just a hot slappy mess like I I had the privilege of doing a training just a few months ago and one of the gals there had you know talon nails and tattoos on her head and bright you know lime green hair and her makeup was very harsh and she her clothing was really harsh and she looked like impenetrable right she did not look soft and welcoming at all And it took us, you know, a good two days to kind of break that facade and see that there was a very soft, sweet, gentle person under there. So, you know, if you're going to do education, you also kind of have to look open.
0: I, I, you know what, I was recently at a, at a training, it was a presentation type training and there was a very similar person like, you know, with that look and yeah, it's just, it doesn't feel approachable. Right. get it, And you you're... can be the most
1: approachable person in the world. Like, oh my God, if you only knew how Jackie was, you'd see she's such a, yeah, but you know what, what I'm seeing here, I it makes me nervous. Like I'm scared.
0: Yeah. And right? you know, yeah. students will, yeah, that's, that's a great point because yeah, it's just, you know, it's all in how you look. And I know we're hairdressers and we get to have crazy hair and we're in a heavily tattooed industry and, you know, we can do all the things, but you also have to think of what you're going to if you want to be in that space of educating, if you don't, you just want to be, you know, in a cool salon doing cool hair, you do you. Totally. Totally. But if you, you know, want to be on stage and you want to be educating and you want to, you know, be doing these classes, you might have to, you know, take a long, hard look and soften, you know,
1: maybe soften your look.
0: Yeah. I agree with right. that. You know,
1: you never know. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, to just an actual skill set, know how to blow dry hair. Yeah. Know how to do a good blow dry because you could make the most gorgeous color on the planet look terrible without a good blowout. You could make the most technical perfect haircut look a mess if you don't know how to blow dry hair. And unfortunately, school doesn't really teach you how to blow dry hair. It really takes practice to know how to do it well. Um, But I think that is a that is often lacking
0: that could go out to every single hairdresser in our industry not just i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna say sharina the these the last three things i just said could go out to every hairdresser in the industry yes you want to be making 200 grand a year maybe you need to soften your look because maybe the clientele you're bringing in doesn't isn't going to spend that money And maybe your, I know everything attitude and lack of humility is keeping clients away from your door. You see what I mean? So I I think it's, I think it's a lot of just common business sense. You need to stay, um, oh, yeah, I I just, you really got to stay open to the experience. And I think a lot of what we do also as hairdressers isn't doing hair, it's helping people. Yes. And I think hairdressers get a little wrapped up in I'm going to do hair because I'm creative and I'm artistic and I get to be me. Bottom line is you're helping people through their day.
0: Which that all goes back a hundred percent to the the experience. The experience. The experience. Yeah. You've got to, you got to sell that experience because you know, like, you know where my salon is there's two salons on the same exact street there's two other salons on the street over another salon like you know it's just there's so many so what are what am i selling i gotta be the what are you selling dude i gotta be selling the highest end experience and i have to i have to be selling experience because yeah you know they can go get their hair done anywhere
1: really anywhere
0: they can do their hair at home Well, that's very true. Very true. (laughs) They don't even have to leave their house. Although a bleach and tone at home, you know, that's a hot mess. So when when these educators come in, like, as far as, like, being able to present or speak, like, is that a concern or is that just something you're like, we got you there, we'll handle all that?
1: Um, You know, as far as actually being able to give a presentation, those are things that can be taught. I mean, there's a million things on YouTube. There's Toastmasters. I mean, anybody can become a better public speaker. Yes. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy. And it's and it's, I think the bottom line when doing public speaking, it's knowing your audience and being prepared. Yes. It's just being prepared, knowing your material, I do knowing your I, audience and your material. I think a lot of educators
0: show up to class. want to wing it. Totally want to wing it. You can't, you gotta, you gotta plan your work and work your plan, man. Oh yeah. Sharina. Uh, that's from plan old training days.
1: And... Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's you like, gotta be, yeah.
0: Cause otherwise your, your, your students will poke holes in your theory and they will poke holes in yep. your stuff. And then you yep. don't look like the authority in the room. And that is a horrible, horrible place to be.
1: It feels I, like, it feels sickening in, in the pit of your stomach. When yes. someone catches you on your, the, you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel good at mm. all. I mean, I, I'll watch like, uh, what was it? Gaga's last movie where she, you know, she's practicing for the Super Bowl and she comes in and she's like, somebody changed the lining of my jacket. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Don't to, somebody changed the lining of my jacket. I got to get this jacket off take it off, put on my guitar, all in, guitar, all in three minutes or three seconds, and change the lining back. And she, she's so prepared, she's not going to make that mistake of having the lining of her jacket screw up her show. Yeah. Same thing for us, just no. yeah, be prepared.
0: You cannot, you cannot wing it, especially nope. when it comes to education.
1: No, you can't wing
0: it. If you could give advice to those who are doing training on social media platforms, so whether it's Instagram or YouTube or whatever, what advice would you give them?
1: I I love this question because um, I love watching social media videos and not for the reasons most people think. My biggest pet peeve on watching these videos is how hairdressers are not aware of their environment. The background says so much about you. If I got to see another station that's got 15 different bottles of hairspray and dirty combs and a dirty mirror and messy towels and a cape that's got bleach all over it and the customer's got bleach on their face i i can't even stand it i love watching the ones where it just looks effortless and the reason why it looks effortless is because their background is spotless i mean it's 20 dollars to get yourself a background please people let's not stop it you don't need to be doing it in your mismatched holly hobby salon you can but put a background up well and it's it's free to work it's free to work clean it's free to work clean. Like what does that, that mean?
0: Like the cleanliness, like cleaning up, like no bleach all over the Cape. No bleach on your face. Oh, like that face. doesn't cost you that anything.
1: That costs you
0: zero dollars. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. Have, like
1: clean yeah. work, man. Like it I just, love that. It, it's free. Yep. Oh yeah. You're right, dude. Costs you nothing. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Or even the pictures they put up. And there's all kind of schmuck and schlap and wolf in the back, you know? I'm like, ugh. Well,
0: and it's, it's like... too much. Too busy. If you, you know, I can say if you go back in my Instagram on either my personal or my salon, if you go back far enough, I'm sure I was a hot mess at some point, too. Um Sure. But when you know better, do better. Like start looking at other people's yeah. Instagrams. They're yeah. like now, if you look at my salon Instagram, every single photo of our clients is on a brick background because we have brick walls in the salon and that's kind of our signature. So they're on this brick wall in every single photo because yeah. that, that all makes yeah. sense. If you need, I'm to looking at it now, up. Sharina, and it's gorgeous. Uh, well, it's, you know, <clears throat> I wasn't always great at it but when you know better do better and yeah just I mean I think like I watch some of these people who are charging a lot for classes a lot for classes Uh and they're posting stuff on Instagram and like videos and yeah it's just a it's a mess like there's everywhere and I'm just thinking that is for for me I'm never going to take a class from you because my perception is that I'm I'm. I've leveled up past you because I don't work like that. And so it's just, I think people don't understand their the perception. So somebody like me who has been doing hair for 16 years. I want to learn maybe what you're teaching, but you're going to have to impress me. And that's not going to impress me that I think it's dirty. I think it's sloppy and I think it's lazy. So I'm never going to take your class. Even if you could be the most brilliant person I've ever seen do, you know, foil work or balayage or whatever. I'm not going to yeah. take your class because I, I don't, you're, you're, I don't think you got it together. Funny. Yeah. So I think your class is going to reflect that, right? Your class isn't going to be together. You're going to be phoning it in because you're not presenting your best self on social media. And I mean, if it is yeah. your glossy, you know, fashion book, if you will, then present your best self and I get it that there's this whole trend of authenticity and keeping it real that's fine do that on your own like you know do it on a separate post but like have your work just be clean because you should be
1: working clean in the salon too you should well one of the things I always teach in the you know for educators or just in the salon really is you know keep your kitchen clean yes get yourself organized like, you take a look at, say, you know, Martha Stewart teaching you know, on the TV, going over her cupcake, her velvet, red velvet cupcake recipe, right? Yep. She's not pouring her bleach as we're watching, or her bleach. I hope she's not putting bleach in her <laughs> she cupcakes. She might be using bleach in those cupcakes. Who knows? They're so pristine. No, she's not pouring flour during the show. She's got it nice and clean. She's not, you know, looking for her measuring spoons or her, uh, scooper or her, you know, she's got everything exactly where she needs it. That uh, keeps your kitchen clean, man. Keep your kitchen clean.
0: A hundred percent.
1: 100%. All right. So I'm glad you with, agree.
0: <laughs> a little, well, this is why we're friends, Katie. So <laughs> I want a little bit of dirt maybe. So have oh, you, worked, have you worked with any of what we call the Insta famous educators and are they all they're cracked up to be? Like, do they have the skill set? Like,
1: do they have the talent? You know, I have worked with some. Scruples has brought on quite a few to do guest appearances, whether, you know, to for their YouTube channel. And I'm going to be honest. Some definitely have it going on. Definitely. And some don't. I, I think it's just... It goes without saying, right? It's just been like in the
0: salon. So um, the ones that don't, like what, was, like what would you say was lacking or like what do you think they need, needed to have or be doing to be on the level that they really should be at?
1: Um, one of the things that was really surprising for me was uh, their lack of ability to verbalize what they're doing. Uh, just not not having practice verbalizing, you saying the words, saying the uh, description, saying the steps out loud. Um, that was kind of that was kind of an eye opener for me because especially early on with Instagram and different types of social media, you didn't really get that because it was not a lot of video; it was just pictures. But some of them just, I mean, I had to watch one girl try and say her name and what she was doing there like 15 times. She just was not very good at speaking. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I've also seen situations where they're really good at one's face. Their balayage is gorgeous, but they can't finish hair to save their life. I think it's important for hairdressers to know that. um, How do I want to say this? Don't get, it's just like social media. Don't get down on yourself for thinking you're not good enough because you might be better than them at one thing or another. Right. I mean, it's just, I had to do, I had to, I do all the session work for when these Insta famous people After they've done the hair, like the color of the haircut, then it's sent over me to work on set because they've never worked on set before. They're really good at taking a picture in the salon of their hair, but they've never worked on set before. So, you know, I think perspective is good when you're looking at all these Insta things. They might be really awesome at that, way better than you at that, but I guarantee you you're better at them than something. So, yep. And well, and I think it's just I, refining your, all your skill sets so that you bring
0: more to the table than just sure. one thing. Because that's, I mean, you know, just the way the, the industry goes, right? So balayage has been huge, hair painting's been huge, and I don't think it's going away. But guess what's coming back? Foils. The, the cap. Don't get the me started. The cap. cap. <laughs> But I'm like, foil work is coming back. I have balayage clients that are now like, you know, I just, I think I just want to go back to highlights. They want to see that brightness at the scalp. They're over the dark root, that sort of thing. So if you never learned to foil and you never got good at foiling, guess what you're going to learn? Yeah. You're going to have to yeah. learn to foil. But I just think. It, I've had have, assistants that don't know how to perm. They don't uh, know how to wrap a perm rod. I do know how to wrap a perm rod. However, I haven't done a perm in. Years probably a decade. Well, for the past decade, we've been saying perms are coming back. Katie, Get I went to
1: Serena.
0: <laughs> I, I went to beauty school in two thousand three, and my cosmetology school teacher told me in two thousand three that perms were coming back. Guess what's never made a huge comeback? Perms. You know why? Okay, because people love their color too much.
1: I don't. I will politely. Agree to disagree with you. (laughs) I just came back from Italy and you know who's getting perms?
0: The Italians.
1: Well, yes. The men? Which goes without the men, dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the men are getting
0: perms. All right. You've heard it here first here on the educate, educator's lab that men's getting perms is what's coming back. You know, my high school boyfriend yep. had a permed
1: mullet. Dude, I'm telling go- you, that shit's never going away. Um, <laughs> you're putting in like six rods on a dude, you know, because yeah. you got that long, slappy bit, that yeah, twist, that's if you easy. will. Perm that. It's not.
0: Practice your rapping, Sharina. All right. I'm going to break out the papers and the rods this week on my mannequin. There you go. Send me I'll, a picture. I'll, you know what? I'll do it on a live Insta story for you, Katie. <laughs> Tag me. I will for sure. All right. So wrapping up here, uh, for the up-and-coming educator, if there were, like, some bits of advice, maybe, like, five tips of advice, what would you, what would you give them to level up?
1: level up well I think we covered a lot of it right be humble be interested in fashion and trends perfect your blowout um let's let me think about this here's here's I think a really something that's going to set you apart if you're teaching something be an expert in that And it doesn't mean you have to teach everything. You don't need to know how to bleach hair. You don't need how to perm hair. You don't need how to cut hair. But if you're teaching balayage, master it. I still pull out mannequins. I still pull out my mannequin and practice my updos. Yeah. I still, when I do a photo collection, I'll cut every I'll cut every shape before I do it on an actual human. Yes. If whatever you're interested, and if that's what you want to teach become proficient become an expert in it
0: yes and you know, I, I mean for sure
1: yeah
0: and I would say your number five keep your kitchen clean keep your kitchen clean
1: people no one likes a messy kitchen no, imagine and- if imagine if you went into a Michelin rated restaurant and it looked like rats were in there cooking <laughs> Like, Ratatouille was in there. I'm kidding. I'm a mom. If rats were in there cooking, you would be thinking, ew, I'm out. I'm done with this place. I don't care how many ratings they have, right? Yep. I will tell you, I was in one of the dirtiest salons in my career teaching a class this weekend. The people were super nice, but the salon was dirty. Ugh. Not good.
0: It's so heartbreaking because, you know, like it is
1: heartbreaking
0: as a salon owner. I get it. Like it's hard. You got messy stylists. You got, you know, you tell them to do X, Y, Z and they don't. And, but man, if you're going to have a class in there, I mean, I want yeah. my own salon, like make sure that it is tip top. If I'm going to have a class in there, I mean, I want to yes, clients, but like, if I'm going to have a class in there. OMG. Yeah. That's going to be. I've caught
1: in your salon before Sharina and was very impressed with how clean it is. And I've been to your home. So I (laughs) was also very impressed. My home, not so clean. (laughs) Well, you don't have three kids running around your salon, but then again, you do have stylists that are your employees. So you kind of have kids running around in your salon. You did a very good job. That's my
0: dating joke when people are like, how many kids do you have? And I'm like, well, I have three, but then I own a salon. So it's like I have six more. Right. I have three that live at home. And then I have, no, you know, six others. So I have nine kids total. Six others.
1: I have not yet. All
0: right. My yeah. last question that I ask all my guests is what is your definition
1: of a great hairdresser? My definition of a great hairdresser. I know you didn't oh know this one goodness. was coming. I'm I know on you, you. <laughs> you are dude. Bring it on me. Some I think um because here's this is where I go. Someone that understands that doing hair isn't just about doing hair. Um yep. you know, this customer could get technically not a great haircut, but the way they feel when they leave after that haircut is what keeps them back. A hundred percent. keeps them coming back. So understanding that you do more for your clients than, because we have the weirdest job, right dude? I mean, we're styling and cutting dead, dead fabric that's coming out of a person's skin. And we have to touch them
0: and, like, be their therapist. and, Which um, I love. But I love that part, too. That's why, you know, I mean, I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. I actually thought I wanted to be a psycholo- psychological profiler for the FBI, um, like Clarice. But instead, I'm a hairdresser, which is, is similar but different. <laughs>
1: I, I think it's, you know, spreading the love. Yes. I've No, worked with, I've been all around the world looking at hairdressers, teaching hairdressers all around the world. And the one thing that keeps a hairstylist busy and the one thing that keeps the hairstylist inspired and motivated is the fact that they know that they're in it for their clients. They're in it to make them feel good. And it's not a self-serving profession it's about other people
0: yeah and there's a lot of hairdressers who let you know I think ego get in the way or they you know I mean you and I've witnessed some big old egos um and I think they forget what it's actually about at its core and that's well
1: that's what hairdressing is at its core and listen Sharina, there's not a whole lot of people that I allow to see me get sappy yeah I come across as kind of you know <laughs> tight ass <laughs> so when I you know when I say this I truly mean it and when I say it I actually feel a little tightness in the throat yeah you know I, I firmly this is why I do hair yeah I mean that's the core, I'm, you the know core of what we do really yeah that's how this all yep. began
0: before there were hair shows and you know platforms and things like that there were women who needed to get their hair done
1: and they needed to get their hair done because they needed to feel good yes not just because their hair was ugly right I mean that's 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 secondary right I mean anybody could you know my sister could make my hair look good she's a nurse and she doesn't know she can make it look good enough good enough but But it's how you feel good good. good enough (laughs) right (laughs)
0: Well, thank you so, so, you so much it. for taking time out of your busy schedule to pop on and have a little chit chat. I thoroughly enjoyed it, of course. Um, I wish I, we were drinking thank you, instead. Um,
1: well, I did have a couple tequilas before this conversation. So. <laughs> Sounds like you had one for me then, <laughs> since
0: I can't currently drink
1: i know can't you can't you have a tequila and not tell the dads you're having this baby for (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding
0: you know it's so funny i would feel so guilty because like if you've ever babysat someone else's child you definitely don't let them do what you let your own kids do right like you don't let them eat like a ton of candy after dinner but you let your own children do that because it's halloween yes
1: um
0: right it's kind of the same thing like even like the thought, I would feel so. So when you were pregnant, guilty. you were drinking tequila with your own children? No, but I was drinking a little, a little bit of wine here and there, maybe a sip of beer or two. That's
1: you in problem. No, I'm kidding. No.
0: I'm kidding. I drank the most with him because I already had two other kids. No, I'm kidding. right? I You're not. like
1: nothing happened to them. It's fine.
0: It's fine. He'll be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right dear. Well, I love you. Thank you so All much right. for your time today. I'll talk to you soon.
1: I love you, Serena.
0: Okay. Bye. Thank you
1: for having me. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.